Hi, everyone. Emma and I are continuing to take turns featuring the anti-racism resources that we are engaging with each month because we believe that education leads to open hearts and free voices that are empowered to speak up and fight for change. Our hope is that you will find these resources useful for your education and that they will also help you to cross the threshold into doing active anti-racism work so that we can create an equitable world together. We love you all. Black Lives Matter. This month, I want to share the book that I'm reading with you called Hood Feminism, Notes from the Women That a Movement Forgot by Mickey Kendall. And here is the book's official description. Today's feminist movement has a glaring blind spot, and paradoxically, it is women. Mainstream feminists rarely talk about meeting basic needs as a feminist issue, argues Mickey Kendall. But food insecurity, access to quality education, safe neighborhoods, a living wage, and medical care are all feminist issues. All too often, however, the focus is not on basic survival for the many, but on increasing privilege for the few. That feminists refuse to prioritize these issues has only exasperated the age-old problem of both internecine discord and the women who were buff at carrying the title. Moreover, prominent white feminists broadly suffer from their own myopia with regard to how things like race, class, sexual orientation, and ability intersect with gender. How can we stand in solidarity as a movement, Kendall asks, when there is a distinct likelihood that some women are oppressing others. In her searing collection of essays, Mickey Kendall takes aim at the legitimacy of the modern feminist movement, arguing that it has chronically failed to address the needs of all but a few women. An unforgettable debut, Kendall has written a ferocious clarion call to all would-be feminists to live out the true mandate of a movement in thought and in deed. I highly recommend this book. The link to purchase Hood Feminism is in the show notes. Welcome to the Full Heart Free Voice Podcast. I'm Emma Veritas. I'm a writer and writing coach for women who want to start writing. And I'm a teacher for women who want to find their true selves again. And I'm Caitlin Bosshart, a life coach for the multi-passionate at heart and wedding coach for couples planning non-traditional weddings. We read books that inspire you to live with a full heart and a free voice. Hey everyone, before we get started with today's episode, we have a fun announcement for you. So Caitlin and I have recently opened up our affiliate shop. Our affiliate shop is a library of resources by Clarissa Pincola Estes, and you can find it at wildauthenticity.com forward slash podcast shop. And when you go there, you'll find a list of links to Women Who Run With the Wolves, but also to all of Clarissa Bincola Estes's audio classes that she's done through Sounds True. And when you buy these through these links, you support Clarissa Bincola Estes, you support Sounds True, which is a very cool independent publisher, and you support our podcast because Sounds True has a very generous and amazing affiliate percentage that they give to us whenever you buy something. So it's this beautiful win-win-win, and it's also an opportunity for you 
to dive deeper into these educational resources. And so I just wanted to ask Caitlin today, Caitlin, what is one thing you have loved about listening to Clarissa Binkle-Estes' audio classes? Well, I think it's, you know, when we are diving in so intimately with her work and in a way it's like, I don't know about you, but there's been times I'm like, oh, it's Clarissa Pinkle-Estes. Like there's a little bit of this, like, I don't know, she's like ethereal, I think in some ways in my mind and in this, but you know, there was something that was so nice is, um, you know, when I listen to her audios, I get to hear her voice and I get, there's like a, there's. I don't know, for me, there's like a sense of her heart and her intention that comes through in a way that, you know, now that I, now that I've listened to her voice and how she tells these stories, when I'm reading, I I hear her, I hear like her tone and how she kind of explains things. And it gives me a different level of understanding, I think of, of the way that she is expressing her her ideas and her thoughts and her wisdom. And so that's been one of the coolest things that it's just like another level of kind of getting to know this author that we are engaging with so intimately and learning from. And there's a class I want to tell you about today called The Dangerous Old Woman. Three decades in the writing, The Dangerous Old Woman presents part one of Dr. Clarissa Pincola Estes's masterwork. In six Inspire Till You're on Fire sessions, Dr. Estes animates the archetypal patterns of the wise woman through her original stories, poetry, and blessings. Join her in this landmark recording to meet the dangerous old woman from across world history and cultures. We invite you to go to wildauthenticity.com forward slash podcast shop and click on our special link to purchase this class. Hello and welcome to the Life School episode for Chapter 12 of Women Who Run With the Wolves, Marking Territory, The Boundaries of Rage and Forgiveness. In our book club episode, we explored the multidimensionality of rage and forgiveness, the ways that anger can serve as a powerful teacher and ally, and how this chapter helped both Emma and I expand our understanding of the ways that forgiveness can be reframed from the very black and white thinking around forgiveness that many of us are taught and shifting to and embracing the various gradients of gray our forgiveness can embody. And with this understanding, giving us a greater sense of empowerment and choice that we each get to decide for ourselves what forgiveness can look like. In our last episode, we also begin to touch on the idea that Dr. Estes shares about right action when it comes to our rage, especially when the circumstance that has ignited our anger is current and we feel called to do something about it. We feel that this is such an important and equally nuanced conversation that we feel it deserved some dedicated time and space in this Life School episode. When it comes to taking right action, Often the first step is to understand and name our personal boundaries or mark our territory, to use Dr. Estes' language, and from there decide what action we need to take in order to uphold these boundaries. For the purpose of this episode, this will be our focus. Okay, so some of you might be thinking, what the heck is a boundary and where do I even begin creating one? For me personally, it's always helpful to have a jumping off point. 
And I often turn to the dictionary for that. So according to the definitions from Oxford languages, a boundary is defined as a line that marks the limit of an area or a dividing line. I'll say that one more time. A line that marks the limits of an area, a dividing line. Often our boundaries are regarding intangible things, right? But I found that visualizing our boundaries in a physical sense can actually be really helpful. You can think of a boundary as a kind of separation between you and someone else or you and something else. You can think of boundaries as an invisible fence or even a protective force field. Here are a few categories and examples of different types of boundaries. Boundaries can be physical by making an empowered decision about how others may interact with your body, your possessions, or your space. Boundaries can be energetic by making an empowered decision about what you are or are not willing to take on emotionally or feel within your body. Boundaries can, of course, be with other people, but they can also be with yourself, like setting limits about what you are going to say yes or no to. For example, maybe deciding what you are or are not going to put into your body. Or you might be wanting to make a boundary with your own impulse to people please, and instead choosing to please and take care of yourself first. So today I'm going to be sharing some practical tools and tips that I hope will be helpful for you. But before I get into those, I wanted to share with you a little bit about my own journey and understanding about what it means to have boundaries. I'm going to read to you a blog post that I wrote several years ago that I wrote at a time when I was reflecting on the internal transformation that I had undergone as I learned about how to embrace boundaries as a necessary companion in my life. Before I worked as a domestic violence advocate, I don't know that the concept of boundaries had ever crossed my mind. But at the shelter, boundaries were a constant part of conversation as we discussed working with clients, self-care, and all-around well-being. I remember that it struck me as incredible and equally perplexing that the first time I understood what a boundary was or the vital importance of upholding them was not until I was an adult. To think back to my younger self and how relatively non-existent my emotional time and sometimes even physical boundaries were is frankly nauseating. I remember feeling like a pushover and a serial people pleaser. I was also an intensely unboundaried empath and a diehard peacekeeper. Simply realizing that boundaries were a thing was a catalyst to a huge internal shift. I finally began to understand that I don't have to accept and forgive and forget all behavior. I have a choice for how, when, and what that looks like. I don't have to take on and feel all emotions from others. And this doesn't make me less of a compassionate person. And I don't have to please everyone. It occurred to me that all along I had had a choice. And up until this point, I had been unconsciously choosing to protect everyone else's feelings and energy rather than my own. I was so worried about being nice 
or liked or not making other people uncomfortable. And it took a huge toll on me. But now that I know, I simply can't blindly do it anymore. This being said, in all honesty, boundaries are still really hard for me. There are still situations where upholding boundaries consistently is frustrating and exhausting, especially when it involves a person who has no intention of respecting them, or when I really want someone's approval, or a situation that is so emotionally charged that it's hard for me to disconnect. And sometimes boundaries feel really, really inconvenient. And sometimes the boundary that I have to set makes other people uncomfortable. And I hate making people uncomfortable. But I realized I'm faced with this choice, whether or not to choose discomfort in exchange for my well-being. When I frame it that way, is there really a choice? At times, my inner empath and peacekeeper bemoans and wishes that I would just get back to the way that she used to do it. Smooth everything over, just say yes, and be the nice person. While at times I want to think that she's right, I know that bending or flat out disregarding my boundaries for these reasons will only put me back in the same place at another point in time, and that is far more difficult for me to stomach than sticking with the uncomfortable boundary to begin with. This is a lesson that I've had to relearn over and over again. But I have come to the point where I can say with certainty that healthy boundaries won't kill me or anyone else for that matter, regardless of how uncomfortable we all are. I've also learned that sometimes the boundary that I need to set are with my own beliefs. It took years from the initial realization for me to actually separate myself from the core belief that in order to truly care about someone that I had to feel what they were going through deeply. After lots of self-reflection and coaching and feeling so worn out from literally being sick from worrying, I finally understood that I can still genuinely show up for other people without taking on all the emotional weight that isn't mine to carry. In fact, it makes me better at my job. It makes me a better friend if I don't. And that really matters to me. As a coach, I want to be able to help people get through hard times, help them embrace who they really are and dream up and work towards the life that they want for themselves. And I want to be able to watch as they create it for a very long time to come. I want to be a great partner and friend and daughter and sister and coach, but I can't be if I'm totally burned out. I've realized I simply can't be my best self and be there for the people I love and care about without boundaries. I've been recently wrapping my mind around the idea that genuine boundaries are truly and deeply kind when coming from a place of respect for yourself or someone else. But it's easy to forget this. And in fact, anyone who pushes back against your boundaries will likely try to convince you that your boundary is cruel or victimizing which is an interesting subject in and of itself, but for another time. However, your intention behind that boundary is what matters, not their interpretation. You cannot control how others feel or perceive things. And in fact, it's not your business. 
What matters is that you foster a deep respect for your own well-being. And while it may be uncomfortable, while those around you adjust to these new boundaries, you will find that many will shift in amazing and awesome ways. You may even find that they weren't intending to violate a boundary. They just didn't know what your boundary was. Others will throw fits. But when they see that you are unwavery, they will either make the shift or they will decide to find their way out of your life. This will surely be disappointing and painful, but I can tell you it is worth it in the long run. Deciding which boundaries to hold is a personal and intimate decision. When you set a boundary, you also choose kindness and respect. Setting a boundary goes hand in hand with a willingness to be uncomfortable in order to protect your own energy and well-being. And it is a beautiful commitment to yourself and the relationships that you care about. Upholding your boundaries is a choice to be your best self, to honor who you are, and to choose to not take responsibility for others' feelings. Most importantly, boundaries are a choice to not allow others' displeasure to coax you off your path. These choices are our own to make, and you get to decide. As you begin this journey, you won't be perfect. You will waver at times. Your old patterns will resurface, and that is part of the process. There will be bumps in the road. And there will be times where you feel frustrated and inconvenienced, but you will also be empowered and proud of yourself. And you will find that the more boundaries you hold with loving respect for yourself and others, you will find that more people will make their way into your life that love and respect you and your boundaries. I promise that making this choice and commitment to your boundaries is so worth it. So I wrote this at a time where I was very much um, struggling with setting boundaries and was recently in a situation where my boundaries were being pushed um, by someone in my life in some pretty disruptive ways. And it was this major wake up call for me to finally assimilate all of these different teachings, all these different things that I had come to know about boundaries and really put them into practice. I had to face the discomfort and it was not an easy process. So I understand completely if this is not an easy thing for you, if you struggle with this, I see you and I have so much compassion, but remember it's about starting small and imperfect. So what I've learned is that often when we experience new rage, it's because a line or a personal boundary has been crossed, though we may not fully always understand exactly what that line is. But without that understanding, it's difficult to know what right action to take to honor our boundaries. And this is where acknowledging anger as a powerful teacher is truly key. So the next time that you find yourself enraged, especially that scorched earth kind of rage, it can be helpful to get curious and to create some space for yourself before taking action. So like she talks about in the chapter, it's about getting more to that cooked fire type of burn rather than that scorched earth burn everything in your path kind of rage. So here is my first 
exercise and challenge for you. And that would be to intentionally carve out some time to ask your rage these questions. Why is my anger or rage showing up? What is it here to tell me? What is the boundary my anger is trying to set? Or in other words, what needs to be protected? If you find yourself so enraged that the thought of sitting down to journal is abhorrent to you, try my bleeding off the poison technique that I mentioned in the last episode by first creating a safe space, whether with a trusted confidant, going out into nature where you can have some privacy, or to grab your journal and just say, write, scream out all of the things until you feel the pressure release and a sense of clarity of your mind return, and then turn back to the previous questions. Once you understand which boundary has been crossed, you can then name your boundary and take action. Here are a few ideas of actions that you can take, but this is by no means an exhaustive list. You can communicate your boundary to others verbally or in written form, including what will happen in the future if the boundary is crossed again. You can choose to disengage, to not respond, or to remove yourself from the situation. If you struggle to set boundaries, you can make a plan for the future and reach out to someone else for support and ask them to help keep you accountable to your boundary. You can honor your no as a complete sentence and choose not to explain yourself. You can also establish and practice energetic boundaries. I want to read this short excerpt from the chapter regarding women's natural sensitive nature and the need for energetic boundaries. Many women are sensitive the way sand is sensitive to the wave, the way trees are sensitive to the quality of air. The way a wolf can hear another creature step into her territory from over a mile away. The splendid gift of women so attuned to see, hear, sense, receive, and transmit images and ideas and feelings with lightning speed. Most women can feel the slightest change in someone else's temperament, can read faces and bodies. This being called intuition, and often from a plethora of tiny cues that coalesce to give her information. She knows what is on their minds. In order to use these wild gifts, women remain open to all things. But it is this very openness that leaves their boundaries vulnerable, therefore exposing them to injuries of spirit. So like Dr. Esty says, many of us probably all of us listening are very, very sensitive people. And so maintaining energetic boundaries can be something that is very important for us to pay attention to. But how do you exactly set an energetic boundary? I'm going to share with you a tool that can be an amazing resource to call upon in the moment when you are feeling your energetic boundaries being crossed, but may or may not want to or be able to say something, or maybe you aren't able to actually leave the situation at that point in time. This tool is often referred to as the cobalt blue bubble. However, I always suggest that you choose a color, any color that feels empowering to you. And to think of this as a protective force field that you can visualize anytime that you need it. 
I'll give you an example of how this can look. In my work with my clients at the safe house, I would often find myself mid-advocacy session beginning to feel anxious. I would notice that my heart rate was quickening and maybe that my breath was feeling slightly erratic. And after learning this tool, I started to get faster at noticing when this was happening. And I got into the habit of asking myself, you know, do the things that I'm feeling right now actually belong to me? Or is this an empathetic response to my client? Nine times out of 10, what I was feeling very clearly did not belong to me. And so that's when I would enact my bubble force field. So I would imagine that expanding out from my body about arm's length in every direction was this beautiful bubble. My bubble is golden, the color of honey. And as I was speaking with my client, I would imagine looking through this golden shield between us and think of it as acting like this semi-permeable wall that I could consciously set this boundary that anything outside of this bubble, imagining this boundary as, you know, anything outside of it belonged to my client and anything inside the bubble belonged to me. And that I got to decide what entered and left my space. And as I would do this, I would notice that my heart rate would slow way down. My breath would begin to even out and I'd feel the anxiety leave my body. And to my amazement, this is one of the really cool things is that I would also notice that my clients would often tend to also follow my lead. I would notice them take a deep breath and just their body language also showing that some anxiety was leaving them as well. So there's something cool about that um, piece that, that could be fun for you just to notice if you're engaging with others with this tool. This tool can be so helpful when you're holding space for another person and making a conscious choice to not take on their energy so that you can be fully present with them while also preventing yourself from burning out. This can also be helpful when interacting with people whose energy feels toxic or draining to you, or is just generally having a negative effect. So say maybe you don't want to empathetically feel your partner's frustration about something that happened at work that day. I also use this tool with an old coworker who I had a very challenging relationship with and had to share an office space with. And sometimes I would actually imagine that this bubble on the outside was like a mirror so that no matter what energy they were releasing into the space, my bubble would just reflect back love. And that felt good to me rather than getting wrapped up in the negativity of that relationship. For those of you who are empaths, which I have a sneaking suspicion that most of you are, if not all of you are, strengthening your ability to detect when you're picking up on energy from others and consciously separating yourself, beginning to ask that question and becoming you know, energetically aware of what is and is not yours is so powerful. And it's such a powerful way to practice boundaries. I truly hope that this tool will serve you. And, you know, as that reminder that when your energetic boundaries are being pressed upon, if you're feeling that anger come up, just to be curious about what's happening, um, to try to name where the boundary is, which boundary is being crossed, um, what needs to be protected, what is or is not yours to, you know, hold in your body. 
And making that conscious decision to choose respectful and loving boundaries, not only for yourself, but for others. So that is the life school episode. I hope that this has been helpful for you. Thank you all so much for joining me. And as always, we love to connect with you to hear your thoughts and insights. And you can reach out to us on Instagram to share at fullheart underscore free voice underscore podcast. You can join the conversation in the full heart free voice podcast community on Facebook. And if you're so inclined, we would be incredibly grateful if you would leave us a podcast review on your favorite player. It really does so much for the podcast. All right. Thanks so much, everyone. We just love and adore you all. This episode was produced by Emma Veritas and Caitlin Bosshart. You can find out more about me, Emma, at my website, wildauthenticity.com, where you can also download your free workbook, three habits to calm your fear and get you writing. And you can find out more about me, Caitlin, at my website, caitlinbossart.com and on Instagram at caitlin underscore bossart. The nicest thing that you can do for us is to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. To stay connected with us, join the conversation in our Facebook group, follow along with us on Instagram and sign up for our monthly newsletter. You'll find all the links in our show notes. A special thank you to the amazing artists whose music is featured in our podcast, Wally Ingram, Stevie Black, and Tom Freund. You heard portions of their tracks, Shine a Light, and Who Do You Love from their record, Spa Day. And thanks to Caitlin Bosshart for creating our beautiful cover art. And thank you to Kirit Bossu for all his audio and technical help. And a huge thank you to Emma Veritas for her editing magic. Last but not least... Thank you to you, our listeners.